Elizabeth and I have this book that we're reading and we're doing the leadership book club on it. And it is this one, the laws of leadership. Yeah. Terry's got hers. Elizabeth has hers. Jan also, I know she has one, but Jan moved and it's who knows it's in what box, what like, where oh, no. right, Jan? <laughs> so this is the workbook as well. And the two are a little bit different. So I got both. But we're just talking about chapter nine today, which is the law of magnetism. And Terry, can like, why did you feel like like chapter nine in particular out of the 21 laws was really good to talk about today? Oh, well, I hate to admit this, but the truth is it was very life changing for me personally. So uh, Beverly, I remember this is years and years ago. I was talking to a friend of mine in Europe and I was complaining about one of my distributors. And she just very gently said, you know, Terry, those of us in Europe believe that we attract who we are. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like the most. And I said, what, you know, what are you telling me? And she says, we believe that we attract who we are. And I had to think about it for weeks, you guys. I, no one had ever, this is way before John Maxwell. I'd never read John Maxwell. So it was life-changing for me on a personal level. I had to look in the mirror. I had to begin to understand why I was attracting, you know, a certain mm -hmm. people or person into my life and realize that I actually was the one that needed to change in order to attract different people into my life. So that is why uh, this is, you guys, it's such a small chapter. When you guys see this, it's just a few pages, but it is probably one of the most important chapters in the book because when we grasp this, then we go on this never ending journey of truly realizing that everything starts inside. Success is an inside job. Mm -hmm. And, and it works its it's so good that you would say that too, because I have to say like, I've, I've heard it a lot, but I've also said it a lot where sometimes you look at our organizations and we say things like, well, why don't I have any business builders in my organization? How come I don't have any leaders in my organization? And that's one of the reasons why we had chosen this book in the first place to do leadership book club. But when I read the law of magnetism, it's like, I had these little I don't know, like these little things like kind of pinging off in my head because sometimes, and this is what I, can I tell you guys what I don't want for you to walk away from this Wednesday with some thinking is I, okay, I know that mentally and emotionally, we can sometimes be our own worst enemy and look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, I can't be a leader. I can't, I don't deserve this organization. I can't attract the right people. I'm not attractive and, and business people aren't going to want to do business with me. This is not that, you guys. This is simply a way to kind of self-develop and get a little bit better. So, so and please also, don't get yeah, more into that head talk. I love that, Bev. And also for all of us to remember that you've always heard this, you know, you've heard maybe a parent say, oh, he was a natural born leader. <laughs> oh, she was a natural born leader. So once again, we tend to think, oh, brother, there's no hope for me. But the truth <laughs> is leadership is developed. Leadership is developed over a lifetime. And we might have a few tendencies here and there, you know, toward, you know, being a leader. And so you might be the shyest person sitting there. You want to know who was so shy 
that she could not get up and even say two words in front of a crowd, Marcella Von Harding, one of Young Living's biggest distributors who speaks all over the world right now, was one of the shyest people in the world wow. before she joined Young Living and developed that. So it's it's very exciting, you know, what we can do. Um, I actually, before we dive into the, the six things that John mentions in the book as being, you know, areas that we attract people in, I heard a great quote, Terry, just yesterday about what you were just saying about how, you know, you can, you can self-develop into a good leader. And it said this, it said, we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence then is not an act, it's a habit. Mm -hmm. yes. And and to me, yes. that really spoke that if you take the time to work on your leadership every day, if you take the time to work on speaking in front of people every day, that's where it gets born. It's actually very habitual, which is great because it means that there's something we can do about it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and Bev, that, that's so good because for I don't know how many months we've been talking about this word consistency, mm -hmm. consistency. So it's not about, you know, a, a so-and-so was an overnight success. Heck no. She <laughs> wasn't. No, you just didn't see the years of consistency that she put into her business. So love it. Love it. Well, let's get going. I'm excited. Sounds good. Well, okay. So um, I just, my bookmark, my little sticky just fell out of my book. Oh, no, no. So give me one minute. <laughs> Page 91. Page 91. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I held it up and like my sticky note was like, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, <laughs> was like, but, I'm out of here, you guys. By the way, can I just say, I actually love Beverly's shirt and your hair. It's just the cutest look today. And your earrings. Oh, really? I, I was yes. dusting the hair, you guys, today. I know. I, was like, I feel I like know, I look like I have some I... sort of weird bob going on. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Using your words to uplift other people, you guys. Can I just say that? Like that is so important. If you, if you, which, which is funny that you would say that, Elizabeth, because when I saw your shirt, I was like, "Dang, girl, your shirt is rocking." But I wasn't, Ooh. you know. But anyway, yeah, I think using our words to lift people up definitely a fantastic thing. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing that John Maxwell talks about in his book is, um, it's called generation, and what this is really about is it, it's about who you're going to attract in your life. But also if you take a little evaluation and you're like, I would like to attract someone a little different than who I'm naturally attracting, then this is something I have to kind of change in myself. And I have to say that generation is really tricky because you're going to naturally attract people who were born in the same generation as you. So if you were born in the 90s, you will naturally attract other people who are in the 90s. But you will also, so if you look at the year that you're born, you're going to naturally attract people who are 10 years younger and 10 years older than you are, okay? You're from the same generation. And it's really funny because you see a lot of things on Reels and TikTok where people are making these generational videos like Gen Xers look like this and Gen Yers look like that. And everybody laughs because it tends to be the truth, right? Like, like you don't want to come out the greatest generation because they will drop you and they're in their 80s, you know? So it's so funny because it's so true. But what I wanted to speak to when it comes to generation is that it is possible to attract someone who is outside of that natural generation for you. But the way that you have to do it is you have to do it by research. 
and you have to go be where they are. So let's say that you are trying to attract people who are 20-somethings into your organization. And for me, that would be outside of my natural generation. So um, I'm 41. So my natural generation ends at 31. So if I want to attract people who are in their early 20s, what that means is, is that I might have to go reluctantly get a TikTok account and start connecting with those guys over on TikTok. Or I might actually have to go pick up a Snapchat or start hanging out at a yoga studio or wherever it is that my research finds that the 20-somethings tend to hang out. You've got to go be where they are. And then you you really do have to learn how to speak their language. Um, Right now with me having kids in the house, I feel like what I know about the cool words that the kids are saying these days, it's extended a little bit because they bring that into the house with them. But honestly, as you guys know, there are things about each generation that are very unique. So go learn it. If you want to attract some older leaders, if you are a 20 something and you want to attract an older leader into your organization, you're going to have to go be where they are. Figure it out. Talk to people who are a little bit older and and figure out how to really love on them and speak their language and become attractive to them. It's totally possible, you guys. Definitely. Um, Can I add something to that? So something that just came to mind is a niche. So of course you have your age niche, but then let's say you are into real estate and you're in your thirties. And so via via osmosis of having 20 different relatives, real estate, you know, um, brokers in your office, you're going to be talking to 50, 60 year olds. They are in a similar business, similar mindset, et cetera, as you. And so they're also going to be open to some of your expertise, maybe in the health category of things, if you're working with Young Living, Mm -hmm. because they're also in this other niche that you're in. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. So, um, and speaking to that, Elizabeth, it's like, take a little evaluation of who you naturally are as a person. Um, Take that generational age into consideration. But then also, do you have kids who are home still? Do you not? Do you, um, are, are you a mom? Are you a grandma? Are you like, write down exactly who you are as a person. And when you're producing things for your young living audience, in your head, write to that person. Like, don't try to create something for everybody like uh, start thinking about what young living has done for you specifically at the age and where you are in life and start putting that and writing about that don't think like oh i'm 41 no other 41 year old is going to be dealing with you know hair that's just now starting to go gray if you're dealing with it somebody else is dealing with it wrap a blog around it wrap a post around it wrap a video around it and put it out there because somebody's going to be grateful for that information and then you're going to have an organization filled with people that you love who are like you like you don't have to pretend you don't have to fake it you're going to have an organization of people that you just love to be with and be around which is great Mm -hmm. um Now, Terry, one category that John talks about a lot where I think we win, I think we win in this category is attitude, right? Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. I'm excited to talk about this, Bev. And great, great point you guys just made. Excellent point. So, you know, Bev, in thinking about this point of attitude, I had an immediate example that popped into my head. And that is our amazing partner, Paul Morris. It doesn't matter what's going on. When Paul picks up that phone, he's having the best day of his life. And he's like, Terry, it's so great to hear from you. Oh my gosh, what's going on? 
And Paul could have 10 other things happening. Sometimes Paul's got a phone up to both ears. I mean, those of you that know him know he's the ultimate networker. But he will make you feel like you are the most important person in the room. So he is my absolute role model. He, I look up to Paul. I've learned so much from him. And Sandy, if you're watching, please tell Paul what I said. So, so this is another great thing when I think about attitude. Beverly Banks, I'm telling you, the minute I met that girl, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 14 <laughs> years ago, it was her attitude. I was just, it was just like a magnetic thing between the two of us because we love people. We, we, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. We always know we can get over the mountain. Mm -hmm. So Bev and I just became sisters in the Lord at a Bible study first and foremost. And then it just turned into a friendship and then it turned into a working relationship. And so I do believe that I hope that that's the culture that we have created here. And if it isn't, let us know because that is the <laughs> culture that we desire. So one of the things, Bev, that we have taught over the years, and it, it's a very solid network marketing uh, concept for creating a culture is that good news goes to your downline, to your team. Good news gets disseminated everywhere. Where does bad news go? Upline, upline. If your upline can't help you, go to your next upline. And if they can't help you, then together call Young Living, uh, the support team and do that. Because you guys truly, there's just enough bad news in the world. Mm -hmm. Our downline members do not need to know the details of this or that or what's going on or who left the company or whatever, who cares? Who cares? They wanna know what's happening that's good. Now, this is why I always encourage you guys on Wednesday Wisdom to jump on and give a testimonial. So I'm going to be the leader right now and share what happened yesterday. Are you ready? Because I'm going to share the good news. All right. So last week, Bev and Elizabeth, you may remember we were talking about this, how important it is to weave the specials of the month in yes. to your marketing. Well, here they are. Here are the free specials for, um, for this month, for the month of August. So I've got them displayed on a beautiful tray here. And I had a lady come to my office yesterday for a complimentary wellness appointment and glorious foot massage. And I had these sitting out here so that then as we be begin to discuss everything and go over her wellness appointment, I could tell her all the best ways to save the most money when purchasing Young Living. So then of course, you guys, I had my August specials printed out on my clipboard so that I could easily show those to her. And also, as we talked about last week, had the, um, here's the wellness form, had the essential, the loyalty rewards points printed out and to show that to her. And um, in any case, it was so much fun and it was easy and it was no stress. And of course, we have a beautiful new member of the Royal Dream Team as of yay. yesterday. Yay, yay. So you guys, um, share the good news. Even if you didn't sign somebody up, if you had a good appointment with somebody, and please jump in on the Royal Dream Team because we don't want to just talk to ourselves. 
We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your stories. What are you doing? What is successful? Because that just gets everybody excited. So I will tell you, there's one thing about attitude. Let's say you really are having a really bad day. I mean, you really are. Don't make phone calls. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Don't, don't just jump on the phone and, you know, make your callbacks. Get, go for a walk get your supplements, whatever, do your prayers, write a log, do something where you're not talking to people, but you're productive. <laughs> Go to the exactly, run. Exactly, Elizabeth, exactly. So there you have it. That's attitude. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Maintaining a good attitude, you guys, is like, it's important. And I know that it can be difficult sometimes, but I, I do have to say, like, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky because I do feel like the good Lord made me a naturally optimistic person. And so usually having a good attitude isn't something that I struggle with. So I know for you guys who might struggle with that, like I know some people came out of the womb, like a little grouchy, you know what I mean? Like God made us all different, right? Okay. So I know I see Carol, Jan, I see you guys laughing up there. <laughs> um, so also though, just a little side note with attitude. I think that the emotional oils have to be one of the best things that Young Living has and has yeah. created for us. Yeah. And allow, if you're needing help with your attitude, allow those oils to help. And mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, the oil of joy, you guys, it mm -hmm. has, has saved me more than once. Popping on a little joy. Yeah, see, Terry has it by her um, computer. See, in my office downstairs, <laughs> I have it by my computer as well. And the other thing is too, is if you know you have to have a difficult conversation, toss on a little bit of white Angelica. It's gonna just help you to kind of leave it out there and not absorb mm -hmm. it in here. Yeah. Um, joy is really good. Inner child is really good. Stress away is really good. So if you are looking for a little help maintaining a positive attitude, Young Living can definitely help you out. So something else that John Maxwell mentions that I think is really unique and I haven't heard it anywhere else is actually about um, your background, like who you attract in your background. So, um, I know Elizabeth in the clubhouse today, we were talking a little bit about, um, great grandparents and great grandparents and stuff like that, which all have to do with your background. But anyway, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I feel like the aspect of background is an important thing. And I kind of jumped on that in the first point on generation, but it just has to do with assessing the things that you've done in your life so far. Maybe it's been a previous occupation you've had, interests that you have. Um, I'll use myself as an example, which is, <laughs> and real quick, in John Maxwell's book, the first thing, he gives an example, and he actually talks about Theodore Roosevelt. And I'm just going to read this because then you'll get a little bit of a context about what John is talking about. And then I'll mention it in my personal life too, because you have pretty parallel <laughs> elements here. So um, in another chapter, Law of Process, John Maxwell wrote about Theodore Roosevelt. And one of Theodore Roosevelt's memorable accomplishments in his daring charge up the San Juan Hill in the Rough Riders during the Spanish-American War. So Roosevelt personally recruited um, the all-volunteer cavalry company. And it was said to be a remarkable, peculiar group of people because it was comprised primarily of two types of men, 
wealthy aristocrats from the Northeast and cowboys from the Wild West. Why? Because TR was an aristocrat born, Harvard educated New Yorker who turned himself into a real life cowboy and big game hunter in the Dakotas of the West. So he was actually strong and a genuine leader in both of those worlds. And as a result, he attracted both kinds of people. Now, how that applies in my own life is that if a person was ever to ask me, Elizabeth, what would 24 hours in your life look like if you could design the perfect 24 hours? And it would actually look like on a Friday night, singing a concert in a beautiful location, all dressed up, and then maybe going out and having fun with all the attendees later that night, staying in a beautiful place, waking up the next morning and going to the horse barn, grabbing some horses, saddling them up and just taking an entire full day long ride out into the wilds of trees and beautiful grass and greenery and mountains and hills and camping with some great friends, cooking food by the campfire and returning home the next day. <laughs> and so imagine, most opera singers don't want to camp out and get dirt under their nails and be around stinky horses. <laughs> but that's the ranch girl in me and the classy girl. And so what's amazing is that throughout life, I've tried to be intentional to befriend individuals that were part of both of those categories and thankfully have a few friends that can survive in both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Elizabeth, this is so you. And, and what I want to say about that, that relates to Young Living, is that I've had people say, your daughter is like a Renaissance girl. She has <laughs> so much knowledge in so many different areas. And she can communicate with so many different people on different levels. And, and that is the most beautiful thing that you bring into your Young Living business is your ability to hone in on these different personalities. So I just want to comment on that and say that your background, your varied background has allowed you to do that, I, I really believe. Thank you. I believe so. And I'll say it's at large due to my mother, because growing up, if I ever said that I wanted to try something, like our next door neighbor started uh, riding horses, you know, and I said, mom, can I ride horses? I really love to sing. Mom, can I get singing lessons? So I would encourage you to really pursue some of the things you enjoy, whether it's a hobby or something business-wise, because you never know throughout your, let's just say 80 years of life, how many different things you're going to enjoy. And along the way, you're going to draw people to yourself that also enjoy those similar things. So tying it back into business, though, what's really beautiful is Lauren Roberts is on my team now. She's a mom in her 30s and her husband and her have two beautiful children. And she has a music background. She's written uh, <laughs> music scores for Hollywood. She loves social media, which is the creative side, which I love as well. And beyond that, you know, she's pretty adventurous. So that's what a beautiful thing, having her as an upcoming leader on the team. And then also a few guys that have joined the team that are like very outdoorsy and very manly men kind of a thing. And that is a huge blessing too, because we get to do fun stuff like hiking and camping trips and reach out to the guys. 
So yeah. there's a little bit about background is assess what your background is because you're more than likely going to attract people from that background, but don't be afraid to also get to know their background if they do come from a slightly different place because it's always a beautiful thing to learn and to be growing in who you are as well. Yeah, and I would say too that understanding somebody's background um, is really key to understanding what they're passionate about. Yes. And and as um, I believe that Vicki Opfer or Deborah Rayburn, I forget which one of the two says this, but they say that if you can take somebody's passion and allow them to use that natural passion in their young living business, they're really a lot more likely to be successful. If they're already passionately pursuing riding horses and you can teach them how to use essential oils with their horses, that's going to be something that they'll really talk to a lot of people about and their business will begin to naturally grow just by simply using their passions. And, and this, is, this actually segues really well into John Maxwell's next point, which has to do with values. And I think a lot of your values actually come from your background, but taking that, because I, I know that values um, can uh, really go a, a lot of different ways. Okay, hold on, Donald. I'm just gonna check on one thing here really quick, which is the chat box. Um, Jan, would you mind just tossing something into the chat box and kind of see what's going on there? I'm, I'm hearing that the chat box isn't enabled on Zoom and I just wanna double check. Not that Donald doesn't know what he's doing, but just, just double check for me so we can make sure that you guys on Zoom are also getting in what you would like to see. I actually see a lot of people um, uh, posting. Well, that's on Facebook, but I just mean on Zoom. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, Donald, I, I'm also going to send you a panelist thing too, because I don't know what's going on. It's okay, showing that it's only available for hosts and panelists to post in the chat right now. Okay, so I just sent you a panelist invite, and when you accept it, I, I'll figure out what happened. You know, Zoom, you guys, every once in a while, it just like switches how it does things. I've actually never seen it to where only host and panelists can post in Zoom, but there you go. We'll change that for next week. So um, so people, this is again, a nice direct quote out of John Maxwell's book here is it says that people are attracted to leaders whose values are similar to their own. And I think sometimes when you're looking at your downline and you feel a little bit, or you're looking at your organization and you feel a little bit removed from them, it's kind of interesting because I think sometimes you'll, you can attract people that have values that are different than yours, like one or two. And if those one or two people are very attractive, you will end up getting an organization that maybe you can't so much relate to, right? <laughs> because they're bringing all of their people in and it's kind of interesting. But here's the thing about value. So we were just talking about some people who are optimistic and other people that you just know of who are grumpy and things like that. What you value, you will attract people to you who value what you value both to the positive and to the negative. And this kind of speaks a little bit into what Terry is saying about positive things going down and negative things going up. I know sometimes we can hear that and you can think, well, what, what, I'm having a bad day, so I'm just supposed to pretend like everything's okay. And I think I've, I've also heard it called um, toxic positivity or like, um, like positive washing or like whitewashing information so that bad stuff doesn't get to the downline. And that, that's really not what that statement is supposed to do. 
what that idea is supposed to help with is to attract people who value the same thing you do so that you don't get an organization that's just filled with people who only see the negative. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want a bunch of people who only see the negative and just a few people who only see the positive because those guys can, it can be a little bit difficult and a little bit heavy on your emotions to have an organization filled with people who only see the negative. I think what's just about anything out there, there is both negative and positive, okay? There's gonna be a balance. Nobody's gonna be perfect. My leadership isn't gonna be perfect. Terry's isn't gonna be perfect. I mean, we're all gonna have cracks and holes in our leadership, right? And so if you have um, an organization of positive people, those people are gonna be, they're gonna reach out and in a positive way, they're gonna offer up good constructive criticism and be like, Bev, listen, I, I love these five things that you did, but you're doing this one thing that's driving me crazy and we can turn our ship, right? But I'm telling you, if you have nothing and you attract nothing but an organization of people who just see the negative, it can be really tough. Like you can be receiving those negative calls all day long and it's like, oh my gosh. So if you're looking at your organization and you're finding that the values that are leaking through that organization are maybe not ones that you're aligned with, double check your own value system and not just your value system, but double check what comes out of your mouth and what you display to other people. Because if the only time you call somebody is to complain or offer criticism, even if it's constructive, that can lead to, you know, attracting people who might be a little bit more on the negative side than you'd like them to be. Did, did I drop that information gently enough? <laughs> I hope nobody's yeah, walking away going, Beverly, you're participating in toxic positivity. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why that idea is out there. And it is not to get you to squash your emotions or how you feel about something. <laughs> And then Bev, I should mention too, that when we have leaders, you know, we have, you know, golds and platinums and diamonds in our organization, of course, we're going to share important information company-wide with them, um, but we're just not going to spew it out on social media and, you know, things like that. It's just absolutely unnecessary. And um, so truly, you know, our thoughts have frequency, just like the oils. And those frequencies go into the atmosphere. So check your thoughts too, not just your words, but your thoughts, because they go into the atmosphere and they create things in your life. So it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Boy, you know, in the season I'm in, I'm, I'm struggling with making sure that my thoughts are thoughts of health and healing and you know, it's, it's just, it's so easy to get into fear and all these other things. And it's just uh, really, really important to, to say, well, you know, what would, what, what is our, what does our creator think about that? What does he think about that? What does he say about me? Yes. And, uh, Michelle. Oh, I am sorry. I didn't mean to say No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> Michelle actually brings up a really good point um, over on Facebook. And it's very interesting because we actually talked about this exact subject this morning in Clubhouse, which was about journaling. And what Michelle says is that you definitely need to deal with your emotions. And she says a simple tip is to journal it out, both the good and the bad, so you can go back and reread the positive and get out the negative without hurting anyone else. And um, can I just say the side note, and I know that this is a little bit of a bunny trail, but I think that, again, I think it's just so, so good. Um, 
I was reading a blog about um, setting, uh, having very good morning routines and nighttime routines. And one of the things that they said about the nighttime routine is when you're journaling, you know, and, and you're journaling out those negative emotions, take some time as well to journal about not just your successes, but your achievements. What have you achieved that day? Because so often <clears throat> when we are setting our goals for the next day, you can be like, well, I didn't get this done. It's going to have to go in for tomorrow. Didn't get that done. It's going to have to go into tomorrow. And you also need to take the time to look and go, oh my gosh, you know what I actually did today? I successfully got out of bed on time and I did a little bit of journaling this morning. Like those are two achievements that I can take pride in. I got on Wednesday Wisdom today. We did Clubhouse Day. Great. Those are two achievements that you can take pride in. And so just taking time to analyze that achievement, speaking of frequency, not only does that keep your frequency nice and positive, but you really encourage yourself to get out of bed better the next day and start achieving things. So instead of just being like waking up and being like, oh, I feel the weight of everything that I didn't get done yesterday, you go, you know what? I want my achievement list to be even longer. And now you're positively connected to achieving instead of negatively connected to things you didn't get done. So excellent point. Excellent point. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, speaking of staying positive, uh, the next point that John Maxwell talks about is actually energy. Um you know, just maintaining and keeping good energy. So Elizabeth, I mean, you have great energy. I mean, Elizabeth's like, I'm going to work a whole day and go kayak two miles and, you know. <laughs> and yeah, energy, energy is a, is a very funky thing, honestly, because we can, a person can naturally have almost like their own grounded energy source, I feel like. And for me, I try to stay level with my energy as far as, and I think energy and emotions definitely have something to do with each other, because if your emotions are high and you're excited, you're generally going to have more energy. Your voice is going to be faster. And if you're hopeful and you're grateful and you're thankful, all those things kind of put your energy level, almost like we talk about above the wellness line. If you are disappointed, sad, um, grouchy, etc. You're kind of below the wellness line on, on that energy level and on that emotional level. And so like mother said, whenever you're going to make hair calls, do what you need to, to get into the right headspace and energy space so that you sound like a person they really want to be talking to at that point in their day. My goal, when I pick up the phone to call somebody, especially in my Young Living organization, but even with friends and family, is that my goal is to be in a place to hopefully kind of meet on an even playing field or somehow help make their day better. And that's just always my goal when I get on the phone or when I get together with somebody is to help make their day better. Now, granted, there are going to be those friends that you know you can be real with and you can talk about life's issues with. And you can call your upline and talk about challenges and things like that. I'm not saying don't be real, but when we are trying to attract people into our business, new customers and or help educate and train and keep our leaders going and our customers going, come with that energy level that is attractive to them that they're going to want to grab onto, whether they're at the same or a little bit lower, they'll grab onto your energy and you'll see that throughout your conversation, they'll start to meet your energy level. At the same time, 
um, there, there's a little bit of an art to reading where a person is at at the moment. And, and not that you necessarily match them or, or, or take your energy level down, but you don't want to be as they're like, oh, you know, I just didn't have the best day. And your answer is like, oh, it's going to be great. You're just going to be fine. Just like, come on, just have a great day. That, that doesn't work. They're not going to enjoy that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's a great point. Like you, you do want to make sure that if you are intentionally trying to raise somebody's energy level, you do need to meet them where they're at. Like mm-hmm. don't meet them, meet them at level them eight and, and hope that they'll just jump in and join you. It's like, if your friend is having a hard day or if your downline member or whatever is having a hard day and they're reaching out to you because they're having a hard day, go to here. Mm-hmm. And, and really empathize with what they're going through and make sure that they know that you heard them and that you understand before you go looking for ways to, mm-hmm. you know, move on. Because I, I think, um, you know, letting people know that you really understand, like, I, you know, I totally get it. I have been frustrated in my life. I have wished that my, like, that I could get my organization to grow faster or, you know, things like that. It's like, whatever that bit of frustration is, find a way to empathize with it. And then mm-hmm. everyone can kind of move on and start looking for solutions, but no one's going to listen to your solution. If they feel like yeah. you're just ignoring their emotions and you don't really care mm-hmm. about how they feel mm-hmm. in that moment, you know, it's yeah. a good practice. You guys, it's good to, it's, and I say practice because it doesn't always come naturally. Like sometimes I I'll just get so excited about life. I'm like, Oh, you're sad, but that's okay. Have some of my sunshine, you know, and it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. And honestly, have you ever felt Beverly? Like you just, you just need somebody to like sit on the couch next to you and give you a hug and just say, it's going to be okay. But they're not up here. They're like, okay. I'm here for you. And, and it is that like, they meet you where you're at and you're just so glad because sometimes your energy is spent and you just don't even know how, how to bring it up. Oh, so yeah. yes, don't yeah, be you know, here, I know in the South, it's a thing. Um, it probably is all over, but sometimes, you know, if somebody's going through something really hard, you just kind of, you, you go, okay, you guys, we're just going to go over here. We're just going to go sit. And that literally means that you just go sit and you do whatever it is that you, you might be working on something, journaling on something, doing something, but you are literally just physically sitting there just in case that person needs something, just in case they feel like saying something, or they might say, I need a glass of milk or whatever the case is. It's like, your job is literally just to go sit there. And so there'll be people that, I mean, you'll get a phone call and be like, yeah, she just had a baby. Hey, you want to go sit? I'm going to go at noon. And you legitimately just go sit. And, and just do nothing for a couple of hours and then you leave and you go on your way. It's like, sometimes people need that. You just, you, mm-hmm. you just gotta go sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. So we, we talked a lot about that, but I, I really, I, I want Terry, I want to put her in this area of like one of her big gifts. Okay. So Terry is filled with so much wisdom. And when I saw this in the book and Terry and Elizabeth and I were like talking about this class, I was like, Terry, this one is all you. <laughs> because she has so many videos she she has some great videos too on her youtube channel about uh youtube channel about it as well but this is really about leadership ability about how you attract the level of leadership and your own leadership ability 
these are the kinds of people that you naturally attract. And so Terry, I just, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about leadership in whatever capacity you would like, because I know mm -hmm. you know so much about it. Like, what would you share on this topic with everybody? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, you know, I think what I had to come to, Bev, was in the early years of Young Living, we lived on a very, very isolated ranch in Arizona. And um, <clears throat> as a result, my business, we all have a home-based business, and that's great because we don't have a boss. At the same time, if you just stay in that little area, which is what I was doing, it was very, very hard to grow. So I had to come to the place of saying, you know what, I'm going to seek out where can I go to meet new people who know leadership? Where can I go? What can I do? And it's embarrassing that at the beginning of this class, we didn't actually read the title of this book. Somebody <laughs> just posted and said, well, what book are you guys talking about? So it's the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. The important thing to know is this is the 10th anniversary completely revised edition. That's what you want to buy. So <clears throat> let's say that you are just not in a position to go anywhere, which is what was happening with me on the ranch. So you guys, I decided to put a DVD player back in the day when we used to watch DVDs. <laughs> I put it underneath my kitchen cabinets and it would, it would, it would like I it would come down. I was like up in the cabinet, I would pull it down. And every time I was cooking or yeah, preparing food or making a salad, whatever it was, I would pop in a DVD of some great leader. Also documentaries. Don't you guys, does anybody else love documentaries? Oh, love them. Totally, yeah. totally, and, totally. Yeah, yeah. And what about like a, a movie biography? on an inspiring biography of somebody that did something great in the world. So I would put those in and I would listen to those day in and day out because guys, we didn't even have any neighbors. We lived an hour from town. I was, I was worried that I was gonna shrink up on the vine. So I just decided I had to do something to get my mind going. So that was the beginning. And then finally, when Young Living had John Maxwell as a keynote speaker, I'm like, you are kidding me. We can go take a class with him. So I immediately signed up a few years later, Jan signed up. But guys, I will honestly tell you, <clears throat> the classes are really expensive. And now I don't necessarily believe you have to spend that kind of money, although it's worth it because of the people you meet when you go there. But if you guys pick up any one of John's 120 best-selling books, who wow. do we know that's written 120 books in our lifetime? Who do we know? Pick up one of his books. Take, take your yellow highlighter. Always read a book with a yellow highlighter. Go back and read that yellow highlighted part two more times. So you've read it a total of three times. That leadership quality will get in your spirit and you will start to see yourself acting differently. And Jan will, Jan will testify to this as the youngest of five children. By the time I came around and I was a surprise, I wasn't, they weren't, my parents were not gonna have <laughs> a fifth child. They didn't have the money. 
By the time I came around, they're like, oh, let her do whatever she wants. <laughs> We're just tired of raising kids. Jan gives you a thumbs up with that one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jan will tell you, I was the prima donna of That's the family. Hilarious. There is no getting around it. So my whole life has been overcoming this idea. Oh, well, you know, I think I should be able to do this. And I think I should be able to do that. And you know, it's just, you know, that prima donna attitude. And so we all know that you cannot succeed in network marketing if you're a prima donna. You cannot. So all I would share with you guys is get one buddy, just one person, and go through some of these books together with one other person because we all need an accountability partner, don't we? You know, over the years, one of the really, really hard things um, I am absolutely a people lover. I just love, genuinely love people. So um, as I became higher in leadership, you're always very criticized. I mean, you think of the leaders of our nation and how they have been criticized. Oh my Lord, I don't even know how to explain it. But, but the higher you go in any business, the more you're criticized. So that was so hard for me because of my love for people, um, I absolutely had trouble with, you know, I had trouble with people not liking me. I'm sorry, that's the way I want to say it. I had trouble with people not liking me. And what I've come to realize, you guys, is when you feel that you are doing God's work, when you feel that this is your calling in life, whatever the things are, you might have more than one. Elizabeth has music also. When you feel that you're doing God's calling, there are times when you have to leave the crowd behind. You have to leave the crowd behind and say, I'm so sorry that I am not meeting up to your expectations, but I know that I'm on my path with God. I want to do the best I can. You can never please everybody. Everybody's not going to like you. I can guarantee everybody is not going to like you. And you have to be okay with that in order to forge ahead and become the leader that you were born to be. So in closing, Bev, the two points I'd like to make is, as it relates to young living, I believe that there's only two ways you can fail. Number one is if you quit. The average person in network marketing quits in their 11th month, and you will never see the vision for what your business could be in 11 months. You just won't see it, and you'll give up, or you'll think the grass is greener on the other side with some other company, and I've had that happen with some of my leaders, and every one of them came back, and they're like, Terry, the grass is not greener over there. <laughs> the grass is green with Young Living. Um, the second way that you can fail in Young Living is if you are not teachable. And I would ask you to think about this in your own organization. Ask, do you, can you think of someone in your organization that is simply not teachable? They are a know-it-all. No matter what you say, they got to one-up you. They got to be smarter than you. Whatever it is, they're, they're a know-it-all. That kind of person will never make it in Young Living because you have to have confidence with humility. 
Hmm. You know, we all want to follow a confident leader. Nobody wants to follow some wishy-washy person, but it's confidence with humility. And humility is knowing and giving our creator the glory and the credit for the gifts and talents that we've been given. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. Thank you so much, Terry. I, I knew you would knock that one out of the park. <laughs> um, leader, you know, and I think why, Terry, can I, can I just say this? So um, I think I, I met Terry when she was a diamond, I think. I, I, I met Terry when she was a diamond and she met me when I was newly married and had not birthed children. I had three stepkids, but I didn't, I hadn't actually born any yet. I mean, that's how long we've known each other, right? I, I think that sometimes the best teachers are born out of something that you've really had to take the time to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why you're so good at teaching leadership and throwing these skills and these steps out is because you legitimately, I don't want to say that you struggled to learn it. Um, I think a better way of saying is that you put in a lot of effort in order to, to get the skills and test them out and grab the best ones and like run with them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why you can say things in, in such a way that it, it lands right, you know? <laughs> so, because you, you have the experience and you really took the time to do it. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, well, it is already almost one, you guys. We hope to see you on next Wednesday. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Elizabeth, Jan, Donald. Um, I know Ellen was on live as well as Kathy over on Zoom and for everyone on Facebook. So happy that you joined us today.